Previously on the Omen podcast. Omen? Ha! Who gives a flying monkey about Omen? Previously on the amazing, incredible, professional adventures of Gamma. Okay, I got the mission briefing. We're looking for an artifact. Look, I have the nice office because I do all of the paperwork. You sit at the weird desk because you have a lot of guns. All I'm saying is I have the longest kill streak out of anyone in this organization. So, you know, a nicer desk might be appreciated. Like, I could use a bigger desk just because all I have are guns. Doesn't mean I have to get this, like, tiny, gross desk. All right, we're all out of bullets. But in my defense, they did not taste as good as they looked. Did you eat my bullets? No, I didn't drown. How could I possibly have drowned? I throw some C4 at the wall and blow up a passage for us. I just wish it hadn't been so, you know, collateral damage -y. I was hired on to shoot stuff, not to prevent collateral damage. How was I supposed to know I was killing a father and a son? They didn't look anything alike. Well, that worked out conveniently for all of us. Okay, it's underground, but technically it is above the clouds. Oh man, I hope that there's a spike pit. Uh, one of my favorite bits to do is to shove a tour guide onto one and walk across their courts. Koala Jackson might take faces, but here at Gamma, we take names. It's time for another exciting episode of Gamma. everyone and welcome to the Omen podcast. We are doing a very special session this time round with some of the guys from Critical Bits. You're going to be Gamma agents and you're going to be on a mission in Egypt. So I guess you should probably introduce yourselves. So should we start with Shannon? Hello. Hello. I am playing Rose Gibsonton. Like you said, she's a Gamma agent. She's very serious. Most of her skills are in shooting people with guns. She's equipped with a, a nanomachine gun that can sort of transform into whatever she needs to use. Uh, and that she just kills people. And we've also got Joel. Hey, I'm Joel. I'm playing uh, Thad Harrington, Gamma Agent. Uh, I, I joined the force uh, a few years ago. I'm an uh, actor, and I use the method acting, which is the only true form of acting. <laughs> so I was preparing for a spy role in the upcoming film, Agent Cody Banks 3, Break the Banks. <laughs> And uh, and so I, you know, came on to Gamma to do some uh, to do some character study, and then I got a bit too method, and I've just been a spy for the last three years because of it. Fucking hell! <laughs> it's like this every week, every time with him. It's amazing. I love it. It's like a second Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so excited because like I'm very excited to be a guest on it. But whenever you're like, yeah, and then like. But like I just want I just want Thad and 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 Koala to be best friends. <laughs> I'm sure they will be. I'm sure no one else wants that. I'm sure it's just the two of us. The world will not be a better place for it. <laughs> no. And we've also got Paul. Hi, it's me, Paul. Um, I am playing Millard Martin Marlin, who is an accountant at Gamma. Uh, I generally am set along for damage uh, damage minimization and cost re cost reduction. So, uh, and. Uh, well, a demon, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> he's he's got he's good with numbers. He's good with paperwork, and he's good with I assume like press releases. 
Absolutely. No, we definitely set that mis- disinformation campaign up for, say, tactical nuclear drops that seem like they come out of nowhere. So the three of you are currently on a mission to find a special thing that has been stolen from the Grand Egyptian Museum. It is called the Sistrum of Osiris. Uh, it's an instrument, uh, and it was stolen during a coordinated raid earlier on this year that left several people dead. At the time, Omen were working there at the museum, and our client, who is a wealthy elven billionaire and a collector of rare artifacts, has paid handsomely to add it to their collection. So you three have been on the trail of this thing for quite some time now. You recently left Sharm El Sheikh in the evening and arrived by boat and car to the Valley of the Kings roughly six hours later. You entered the mortuary temple of Hatshepsut and then soon after found a hidden vault underneath. And about seven and a half days later of walking through these maze-like chambers and corridors beneath the sand, you finally got to what appears to be some sort of secret ancient Egyptian burial ground below the surface. You've only got two of your tour guides left. Three of them have already died via traps and unfortunate mistakes. How did they die? So, as with as happens with your uh, traditional underground Egyptian maze and or buried tomb, you got your spiked walls. Classic cool. stuff, right? We, I mean, we yeah. all know. So <clears throat> Gamma issues you a special like sort of, it's a like a really nice shower curtain bar, but it's also a 1,200 pound hydraulic jack. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you could just lift this up and pop the button on it and it just will pop up, pop wide and hold open any any spiked walls I mean, it's rated for certain kinds of environments, but that, but it would have worked, but but it didn't. <laughs> no, it's expensive. <laughs> like, like they're one use, right? Like the pressure drops out of them, and then you can't really recharge them. Oh, okay. But I mean, one of our guards didn't. I mean, they, the guys don't know that, so <laughs> one of them was like really bravely holding open the spiked walls, like you guys get through, get through, get through, and he just didn't make it. He was very brave. So that was one of them. There's two more. So, you know, uh, the thing about method acting is you got to stay in character, but you also got to think about your brand and be aware of, like, the world around you. So it's like it's, it's, it's definitely a, a balance that only the, the best of the best, which I am, um, can do. So one of the things I'm always trying to do is when I'm out in the field, also I'm trying to, like, you know, make my film reel a lot tighter. <laughs> Um, so I was trying to recreate the scene from Indiana Jones where he runs from a giant boulder. <laughs> um, but I do not do my own stunts. So I was making sure the boulder was going to like, we we're going to hit the angle right and had like the right, you know, um, you know, visuals on it. And then um, I am also not a stunt coordinator. So I had one of those tour guides <laughs> standing in as my light, as like, you know, as, as my stand in to make sure the lighting's good. And then mm-hmm. the boulder, um, like the, it, 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 it rolled too soon and it did kill him. But I was able to get the shot and thank God for CGI abilities nowadays because I've already sent it off to my guy and it's digitally remapped my face onto it. So it looks pretty good. So I'm going to say his death was not in vain. But it was for vanity. <laughs> That's good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. Um, I think there was like a, a trap floor with spikes, mm-hmm. but it wasn't super low. And I knew if there was something on top of it, we could like. We could, like, walk across. Yep. You know, if something were to fall on the spikes, we could just, like, walk over it. Um, so when the other guides weren't looking, I tripped one of them. And he got impaled on the spikes. <laughs> and we, uh, I was like, oh, no! And then we walked across, and it was fine. Oh. Oh, that's unpleasant. <laughs> Look, we're not great people. 
we're good at this, though. I mean, my only ability is killing people. That's, <laughs> that's what they really like. Sometimes I do it too much. You're very good at it, though. Mm -hmm. The three of you are in this chamber, and in front of you is a large, intricate door. It's got a bunch of hieroglyphics all over it, and there are several sort of machinery cog-like things around the door that you assume, if you turn them in the right way, the door will open. They're all in the shape of these sort of uh, scarabs, and each one of them is pointing downwards right now. What do you want to do? So um, do we know, like, what, like, is it like a full 360 degrees that they can turn, or have we not tried it yet? No, uh, you haven't tried it yet. How many are there of the scarabs? There's four of them. Okay. Uh, I'm going to walk up and try to turn the one on the far left and see what happens. Okay. Uh, you turn it, and you hear inside this machinery starting to, like, grind and move inside. And after you've turned it for a while, and you turn it to the center, you hear a click into place. Okay. That's conveniently simple for this. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Are they? They're all colored the same. They are. They're all the same scarab. They are. Uh, Millard goes up and turns one uh, across from the one that Rose just turned. Okay. Uh, and which direction are you gonna turn it? Same way that she turned it, or the other way? Uh, I'm going. And the gears all, uh, the gears are all touching. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to turn it the same way. Okay. Roll for luck. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> That's a five. As you turn it, it looks like the mechanism inside is somewhat broken, and the scarab falls out on your hand. Oh, no. And inside you can see all these broken cogs and ropes and things hmm. i step forward and say uh i i was on this movie once um it was a uh it was a sequel to the wizard but it was the wizard 3 gamergate and there was a lot of puzzles that they had in there and so i know a lot about puzzles and i'm just gonna start arbitrarily turning all the things uh, i'm just gonna roll lucky I got a 13. Okay, you start turning the rest of them. It looks like the other ones click into place reasonably easy. You turn them so they're all facing the door. But the one that's broken is so inherently broken that this door is just not opening right now. And it's hollow in there. Like, there's gears and ropes and what's it's like. Okay. There are, yes. It is a very expensive and intricate looking door. It is. Thousands of years of history here. So we should destroy it, <laughs> progress further into the, the tomb. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, let's blow this shit up. Um, yeah, I, I am, am going to, uh, so as, as a water demon, Millard is going to try and fill the space with water. Okay. So, uh, going to, yeah, trying to flood it out. So here's focus, and that is a 16. Okay. You're talking about filling the other side of the door with water, The right? interior space, right? Like, it's a, it's like a hollow door that has gears and ropes and stuff in it. So if I flood, if we flood uh, that with water. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Well, you got a good enough roll, I think, we, that you're not going to kill us. Well, we'll find out. I'm going to say this works. Uh, you go up to the um, hole in the wall, and you start to... How do you, how do you, how do you spray this water? Does it come straight from your mouth? Uh, it, in this instance, it does not, but it certainly has in the past. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, let's do it. We're, yeah, we're just going to open up with this. No, let's... I was about to say, it's a way better imagery for you just to put your <laughs> mouth on a thousand-year-old wall and just start vomiting water into it. That's so fucking... Then, yeah. That's it's peak omen. No, that's beautiful. We, drink, we blast the fire hose straight out of my mouth into this door and dislodge all the bits and just, like, overwhelm the, the integrity of all the pieces there, because... It's in the desert. It's probably not supposed to be wet. No, not in the slightest. Uh, you sort of give this door hole mouth to mouth uh, <laughs> and you fill up the insides of it and all the critical bits of the door 
start to break, start to break and crack, and the door collapses in on itself uh, and lands all over the floor. Uh, and there is now a nice puddle there that is slowly being drained up into the sand beneath. And you now have access to this sort of strange chamber inside. You guys were mad when I said we couldn't stay in the nice hotel because it was over the per diem. But <laughs> bring a water guy to the desert. You're not mad anymore. I just don't know why anyone would stay in a Motel 6. Well, there was a Motel 5, but that seemed worse somehow. <laughs> yeah, literally, numerically, it's worse. I don't, I can't count past 7, and I can still tell you that 5 is not as good as 6. What's in the chamber? So the three of you walk into the chamber, and you see on the walls what look like these ancient Egyptian drawings of what appear to be, and you guys know this because you're very, very well-trained gamma agents, uh, imagery of vampires, lots and lots of vampires, uh, and they are feasting on the blood of humans beneath them. You know that the vampires originally ruled over ancient Egypt in the earliest days of ancient Egypt uh, before they were overthrown. And you see on the other side of the room a painting of what looks like an ancient Egyptian priest with a large head and... <laughs> He is... Most famous priests actually have very large heads. He has heads. a very, very large head. Quite bulbous, in fact. Ooh. And he is aiming a hand at what looks like some sort of vampire queen. And he is using uh, magic on it to bring it down to the ground. Uh, and in front of you, there are two doors going off to the left and right. In the center of the room, there is actually a fire. And the fire is lit. Okay, um, so first thing I'm going to do, um, I didn't, I, I wasn't 100% sure this was about vampires, so I was, I did have uh, my wig on that resembles, resembles Brendan Fraser from the Mummy franchise, <laughs> so I'm going to switch into my Brad Pitt a la um, Interview with a Vampire wig, because I really just want to, I want to make sure, so I'm going to, I got a 25. <laughs> You slap on a wig and some makeup, and then you look exactly like the spitting image of Louis from Interview from a Vampire. Incredible. We paid to ship all those hat boxes. I don't. Yeah, international I just, shipping, I just too. don't understand. Yeah. The two tour guides that are still alive behind you, they are looking pretty skittish. Um, not only from the fact that they watched a man blow water into a hole in a door, Oh, right. Those guys are still here. Yeah, they are. Um, and they look like they're going to make a break for it. Mm, can't have that. Can I talk? try to talk to them? Sure, why not? Um, it's one of the options. <laughs> try to calm them down the first. Okay. Uh, what do you want to say to them? <laughs> I try to convince them this is perfectly normal. And we paid them. And everything is fine. And they need to stay and, and help us fit. Like They need to at least stay until we get what we came here for. Uh, roll for persuasion. <laughs> that was a, oh, was that a natural, natural 20 24 yeah, that was a natural 20 so they are completely convinced I don't know how you managed to do it because there's a massive language barrier already between <laughs> you and them um, but somehow like just like the fact that you have a great big sort of scary nano machine rifle mm -hmm. uh, yeah I was about to say I think I think the fact of uh, I think giant gun is is the same in every language when you when you're holding it you know that's true uh in fact they are so convinced that they decide that they're going to head up in front of you guys 
uh, and be the guys at the front. Fantastic. Perfect. Uh, so which one of the two ways do you want to go, left or right? Um, so I talk about how um, I had a I had a background extra role on Zoolander, and Ben Stiller actually helped me uh, a lot. He talked about how he never turned left while uh, filming Zoolander, so I've refused to go left ever since then. So I immediately go to the right, and I don't say anything because I feel like I have said this to the team enough. They should know that. Yes, it's very frustrating <laughs> when we need to go left. We have to force you. That we have to we have to make him walk backwards <laughs> and turn right. <laughs> to convince him. Or go around in a circle. <laughs> Do you want the two guys to go in front of you? Yes. Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, which way did they they just went away. Like we we wa- we watched them run off. Okay. <laughs> so where did they go? I guess one of them went down one of the corridors and the other one ran down the other one. So you guys go is it right or left? Right. I can't remember. It's left. We're gonna go the right. right one. It's not left. Right. <laughs> It's definitely not left. Right, okay. So you guys go right, and as soon as you turn around the corner, you see the guy, and he has been impaled with several spikes that have shot out of the wall. Just one of them, right? Yep, the other guy is... He's on the left tunnel, where you'll never find him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are the... Can we get around the spikes? Yeah, of course you can. Are there more holes for more spikes, or does this seem to be the extent of the spikes? Roll for observation. That's what I'm here for. Hmm... 17? There are a few more holes for spikes along this corridor, uh, and uh, you can see on the floor a couple of pressure plates. Mm. So I was in the movie Cube 6 full circle, <laughs> and so that is about uh, like going through a bunch of traps and shit like that. It is. So I know from that that if you just take the uh, like items from dead people in your party and use them to like throw like shoes and shit like that ahead that we can we can get through that so mm-hmm. okay do you want to throw some uh, shoes and stuff then yeah is that was it what role is that going to be uh i would say agility <laughs> i got a 15 oh sorry 13 okay uh i'll say that that does it i imagine you pull the shoes off of the dead guy i comment i comment on how working class they are and how how it's so humble to see you know blue collar workers out in the field you pick up the shoes and you throw them and they hit the traps and outshoot these very very scary looking razor sharp spears uh, and then they just stay in place really is amazing how they're still razor sharp after all of these years this is this is good tech it's almost as if they've been maintained the three of you walk forward and you find yourselves in now like an expansive hall and below you can see some stairs that go down you can see there is movement down there there seem to be 15 people all sort of praying to an altar at the front of the altar on a stone throne is what looks like a mummy so i put back on my suspenders from the brendan fraser outfit (laughs) keeping everything else keeping everything else and I like to think uh, of the idea that, you know, the two of them like are seeing this and then we all turn to look to each other and then they already see me. I am just like whatever the closest person that was like kneeling and praying. I'm next to them. I'm kind of like mumble praying. I'm trying to just really get into kind of see the rhythm of it. And so I'm going to be trying to act like I'm one of these cult members. I do not understand how he lives through any of these missions, Rose. You should have been dead. I got an 18. On the first one. <laughs> I don't, I don't under, I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah, I'm just going to watch this because I, I that we kind of have a back go- running thing going and accounting about why he spends so much money and lives, <laughs> but is like this. Uh, Thad, you put on your outfit and you managed to look somewhat similar to that of one of the cultists and you head down the stairs towards where they're all praying to this mummy. 
and they look at you and they go, ah, Icheb, you're here. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, know, you, you know, you know, old Icheb, I'm always running late, but I'm the most devoted when I get here. And then I just give him some like finger guns and then I do whatever I, whatever I'm seeing other people do is like their Catholic cross symbol, but I do that, whatever they're doing. I'm just mimicking <laughs> them. All right, you get down and you start praying to this mummy and the mummy starts to shake and move and it gets up and it looks over all the people praying in front of it. Can you all please roll for observation, please? I have sand in my eyes. <laughs> From that door. That's an eight. I got a, yeah, I got a 16. That's 16. Okay. I'm going to say that Rose, you instantly recognize that this is not a human mummy. Ooh. This is some sort of alien, some sort of ancient alien. And it rises up and it looks at the people in front of it and it starts speaking. And now I'm going to try and say something in ancient Egyptian and it's going to go terribly, but I'm going to give it a good go. Okay? Please don't add us ancient Egyptians. <laughs> I believe because Millard is a demon, uh, demons are very good at recognizing languages and recreating languages uh, because of all the contracts they do. They have to do it in multiple languages. Mm -hmm. Oh no, it keeps coming up. That stuff comes due. It's really useful. Um, and you recognize that this is ancient Egyptian and the ancient Egyptian that you've listened to is as follows. I watch and guard the egg of the great cackler. It grows, I grow. It lives, I live. It smells air, I smell the air. Making secret the forms. My hiding place is opened again. Light has fallen within. The darkness on the body is as beautiful as a god. Okay, so what I'm doing now is I, I'm still praying, but I slowly remove the suspenders and I put on a beret <laughs> a la Stargate 1994. Um, and I'm kind of I'm kind of channeling James Spader right now. Okay. Oh my god. I'm gonna roll for um, observation, see if he notices that. <laughs> Do I need to roll for something? <laughs> they get a five and they don't notice that you've completely changed your outfit in front of them. Uh, <laughs> They're too busy, like, being a undead mummy. I could die right now in this game. This would still be one of the best games I've ever played. It's not really a thing I'm supposed to say, Agent Gibsonton, but what in the name of God is going on down there? It's pretty weird. Do you think... Do you want to see how this plays out for a second? I could shoot it. I mean, I... But... I can't imagine that's going to work, right? I mean, it's a mummy. Who? Why? Wait, when do vampires and mummies the same? Are those the same thing? No. Was this fucking Albert and Costello? Well, I mean, kind of. No, they're not the same thing. And I'd say that you guys know well enough that this isn't a vampire. Mm -hmm. This is some sort of alien mm -hmm. uh, that isn't a vampire. Because vampires are aliens, but they're not. this isn't an alien vampire. Mm-hmm. This is another type of alien that isn't an alien vampire. Alien vampire mummies. This place is crazy it is isn't it i can see how i can see why they spend so much money on equipment now there's a lot of reason to yeah this is nuts <laughs> if you were just a regular person this would be insane rose you gotta yeah solidarity <laughs> like let's yeah let's get this guy um the mummy pulls out what you notice to be the sistrum of osiris the thing oh. that you have been looking for well, that's convenient. And it goes over to the first of the people praying on the floor and it rings the sistrum and immediately the person is pulled up into the air and you watch as their body is ripped apart and it flies into the mummy, starting to reform its skin. Ooh, should we stop? 
it's gonna get stronger. Should we should uh We should certainly get that. He has a lot of stuff in his pockets. <laughs> he would probably be part of the mummy. And obviously we'd have to retrain another person, I guess. So that's yeah, let's let's go at least I mean, but let's just get that. So I'm seeing this. I'm getting a lot of feelings like Temple of Doom style. So I'll pick up I pull out my picture that I always have in my wallet of a short round. Um, and I look at that, and I just think of uh, uh, you know how bad stereotypes in, the, in, the, in that movie was, and I really just want to do justice to this character. And uh, and so I'm I'm just kind of get like I look back I look back at the other two, and I just give them a, a knowing wink, like I got. We're, this. we're motioning for you to come back. We're not we're not having we're like come on. Come on. And I, I just I just wave at them too, and then give them a thumbs up. No. <laughs> well, well, Agent Gibson, it's been nice working with Agent Harrington, but um, do, does that thing turn into a flamethrower? Can you do like a flaming arrow or something? Like, it's wrapped in cloth, it looks like still, right? That's regular cloth. Yeah. How much would it be pushing it to have some sort of flame device or like flaming bullets or? It's not a machine, you can do whatever the hell you want. Okay, I, I got a flamethrower now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> describe what happens to your gun. I, um, it's just like a handgun right now. Or I guess it would still be a mm -hmm. rifle I was using to intimidate the guides. I just sort of like, press a couple buttons on the side and a couple sliders and I'm like ah, nah, nah, nah. and then it just like completely transforms into like a huge backpack flamethrower. I love um, it. <laughs> and I have like little safety goggles too, like nano machine safety goggles on. I love that thing. Meanwhile, the mummy has taken out a few more people and it's starting to move towards Thad. The other people in the room have started chanting and they've been chanting the name of the mummy and they've been yelling Imhotep. Imhotep. Uh, okay, I know what I'm doing. I'm ready. Okay. So Thad, Thad, I'm channeling, so like I said, I got a little, I got, I'm not, I'm not trying to do like a short round because it's just like a very racist stereotype of a character, but I'm channeling a little bit, a little bit of short round and that I remember the way that he got Indy out of this was like with a little bit of fire. But I'm also thinking this is an alien and I want to punch it in the face. <laughs> so I've pulled out some cigars from my back pocket to signify Will Smith's character from Independence Day who never flew without cigars. And I'm slowly lighting them to try to use them to burn um, the, the mummy when he gets up to me and I want to punch him in the face and say, welcome to Earth. <laughs> okay. Although it seems he's been here for perhaps nay thousands of years. Yes. Well, he listens to greeting, that? I suppose. Sure. Yeah. So, do I, do, do I? What all do I need to roll for that? I don't know. This is like multiple things. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think creativity to start for like how good of the costuming and acting I'm doing, like embodying these characters, and then. Okay. So I got an eleven. Okay, you're doing an all right job. Um, what do you want me to roll next? Uh, so the next thing you were gonna do was to. I'm trying to like burn him. Trying to and burn punch, him. Like, Burn him and punch him in the face as I say, welcome to Earth. Okay, I'm going to say agility first. I got an 11. Okay, so you grab your cigar and you fling it up into its face and it burns it and it sort of rolls backwards quickly and it drops the Sistrum of Osiris on the floor. Oh, good. Nice, <laughs> nice. Now, do I, do I, what do I roll to punch it? Uh, strength. Strength is punchy. I got a six. You clip it. <laughs> Like you clip its giant bulbous head, and it's sort of—it's still a bit confused. And I guess you're gonna make your deliver your line, right? Uh, yeah. But I think I'm gonna since since I just got a six, like I don't I don't do like the full connect, and I just go welcome to ah damn. You know, can we take that take that from one? Can we take that from one, and I'm just kind of looking around, waving my hand, asking if we can take it from one. As you say that, he then swings round and he reaches out with his hand, and he flings you across the room with a psychic blast. 
and we'll find out what happens to you in the next episode of Gamma. I'll see you next time. Bye. podcast is powered by ellipsis rpg the accessible donationware rule set now available on itch.io if you like what you're hearing please rate us on itunes or wherever you get your podcast you can tweet to us at the hashtag omencast that's o-m-e-n cast and who knows you might get a special mention in one of the episodes from us thank you for listening and remember stay vigilant you never know what's out there hi there the show you just listened to is a member of the necropodicon podcast network Head over to necropodicon.com to find tons of other shows you'll love. While you're there, check out the cast and crew profiles and fan art galleries.